Hey everyone, and welcome to this bonus episode of Mental Agility for Forensic Scientists, brought to you by the Midwestern Association of Forensic Scientists. I'm your host, Jen Dillon. We are experiencing unprecedented times, and I thought we could all use a check-in and a little reminder that we are all in the struggle together. No matter how far apart we are, we can still connect. The difference between our levels of stress and joy during these next few weeks and months will be dependent on whether we choose to strive and thrive in this struggle or if we choose to just survive in it. Let's think back to the last episode when we discussed two different types of mindsets, a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. A fixed mindset would allow one to be in this situation and think, why is this happening to me? It puts us in a victimizing state where a growth mindset would allow one to recognize that this, as daunting as it seems, is an opportunity for growth, an opportunity to assist our family members and elderly neighbors to find a way in which we can still connect. So we remind ourselves that a fixed mindset will lead us to be rocked and shocked by the waves that will hit us. A growth mindset, rather, will allow us to surf the waves, to grow from the opportunity, to lead as an example, to others who might be struggling with a little less mental agility. So let's dig deep. This is the time in which we really have to pull out all the stops, practice our mindfulness on a regular basis, and give ourselves the self-care that we need so that we can keep our resources about us, our mental resources, our physical and emotional resources, our spiritual resources. We have to take care of ourselves in a very holistic way during this COVID-19 crisis in order to remain as healthy as possible. So today I just want to talk about some of the things that I've been doing to take care of myself, Um, also sharing some of my stresses and anxieties about going to work Um, as a forensic scientist. I know I'm not alone there, so Uh, We'll get through this together. We'll share thoughts and feelings and best practices. Now is the time to start noticing any physical signs of stress and anxiety that we might be experiencing. Um, We might be slightly more irritable or jumpy. We might notice that we experience shallow breathing or have a tight chest. These are all symptoms of dysregulation. Remember, we talked last time about a window of tolerance that we stay in when we are experiencing a regulated nervous system. Uh, When we experience stress, that's dysregulation. So many of us are living an increasing amount of time outside of our window of tolerance right now. And this is really unhealthy. This is where we recognize this as an opportunity to flip our perspective and start to build an awareness for these signs of stress and grow from it. That's one way to think about having a growth mindset. We recognize that we've got more signs of stress and we need to pay attention to them. When we recognize that we're in a stressful experience, that's when we can get ourselves to sit down and focus and be present and work ourselves out of that dysregulation, work ourselves toward self-regulation. So the acute stressors of this health crisis is really just compounding all of the chronic stress that we already are experiencing. The American Psychology Association lists the top three stressors for Americans as uncertainty in the nation's future, money, and work. I think that we're all experiencing those things right now in pretty high quantities on top of the COVID-19 health scare. 
we really do have a lot of work ahead of us. Um, this week for sure has been <laughs> surreal to say the least. Uh, working in the lab, I think, teaches us to take universal precautions, and that creates a heightened sense of stress and awareness of the danger of our job. Um, I think when I'm in the lab, I see everything as a potential bloodborne pathogen, right? Well, now everywhere in the world that I experience is like being in the lab in that situation, right? Everything that I see and touch could be contaminated with the virus. And while it's prudent to proceed with caution in this way for the time being, long term, this is not good for us mentally. So we need to be actively seeking ways to relax in order to mitigate this increased amount of stress that we're experiencing. The best thing we can do besides social distancing right now is to reduce our stress levels and to focus on the things that we can control, right? So we can control our stress levels if we work at it, just like we can control our social distancing if we make the efforts to stay at home. One way to do this is to shift our focus on staying present with our thoughts. The simple act of remaining in the present moment can shut down our fight and flight response to stress. Remember, the fight and flight response shifts our body's resources away from our immune system and makes us more susceptible to getting sick. The reason why humans developed this fight and flight response system is going all the way back to the primitive days, right? When seeing a lion meant life or death. And so a human would see a lion and respond physiologically in a way that would enable the individual to get away as fast as he could. So he was able to run faster and have a heightened sense of alertness and all of the body's resources went to moving and running away. Digestion shuts down, things like that. This is not healthy for us to be in in an everyday state, right? We don't live in primitive times and we don't see lions anymore unless they're in a zoo or on an African safari. But it's different now. What we're seeing are lions that aren't there. So for example, right now, the media is my lion. I have an innate tendency to want to get information, and sometimes information can be really helpful to quell my fear, but sometimes too much information and the act of sifting through what is reliable information versus fear-mongering is exhausting and it's it's what is leading to a lot of my stress. So I've been trying to make a mental habit of going on a digital detox before the night so that I can get um, a, a reasonable separation between my day and my relaxation period before I go to bed and sleeping through the remainder of the night. Um, this allows for better sleep for me. Definitely lack of sleep is is something that I don't deal with very well. But for all of us, it depresses the immune system because our adrenal cycle is still going constantly when we're experiencing sleep deprivation. So it's really prudent for us to work to recognize when we've turned on our parasympathetic nervous system, right? That's that fight, flight response. And then when we recognize that we've turned it on, work on our ability to shift back into that window of tolerance. So what works for us? And you guys, it's going to be different for everyone. And this is probably a good time for me to just bring up the fact that what works for me might not work for you. And what works for you might not work for your spouse or your partner, uh, your your family members, your kids at home, whoever is in your life. So having a, a real broad sense of 
tolerance for everyone and their ways for handling stress is huge right now. Huge for our community, huge for our workplace, um, you know, huge for our coworkers. Uh, we're all under a lot of stress and we all have different experiences right now. We all have different situations we're trying to deal with. Some of them are financial, some of them are childcare issues, some of them are health issues. I know I have a very immunocompromised family member that I'm worried to death about, but I know it's not going to do me any good aside from taking due diligence to keep that family member safe. Me sitting and wasting my energy, my resources on worrying about something that hasn't occurred yet, right? This individual is not sick. That's that's not good for me. So I have to just keep in mind that everyone is is dealing with things in their own way and and have a little bit more tolerance than we normally would for our colleagues and loved ones in our lives. One way that I constantly um, check myself is to ask myself if I'm handling the current situation, responding to it with my mind versus my intellect. So if you were in the fall workshop, then you heard me lecture about the mind versus the intellect, but I'll go through it again here. Essentially, we can think about our physical self as having three material equipments. Our body, which I think is self-explanatory, right? It's what moves us about. We also have a mind, which is where we store all of our emotions. And then we have an intellect, which is our voice of reason. The mind is like a child. It's restless. It's going to go up and down and all around, experiencing all of the emotions. It focuses mostly on the past and also on the future. So it's, it's wandering always between um, all of these states. Our intellect, on the other hand, our voice of reason governs our mind. So it acts like the adult, the supervisor to the child. Even though we have both a mind and an intellect, we normally have been catered to our mind our whole lives. So we typically tend to react to situations using our mind, meaning we react based off of our preferences and our emotions. It's a, a rare individual that takes every situation and reacts based off of their intellect because most of us haven't developed it to a very strong state. So if I were to react always using my intellect, then I would be very objective about every situation. And if you can show me one person that you know that acts, reacts to every situation that way, right, they're hard to find. Most of us have to find a fine line between whether or not we're reacting to something using our mind versus our intellect and realize that most of the time it's going to be the mind, which means that it will be emotional and might not be the most unbiased, the most unselfish way to react. And we might be recognizing that some of our family members are acting that way or our colleagues are acting that way. I feel like when I'm able to ask myself, am I using my mind or am I using my intellect, then I'm able to find a little bit of gratitude, a little bit more space to be tolerant of people and a little bit more tolerant of myself. Let's look at how we can apply this mind and intellect concept. There are three transactions of life, receipt, reaction, and response. If you think about everything we experience in life, we receive information when we come in contact with the external world using our five senses. And then we react to that engagement. Now we can either react with the mind, and if we do, then our response will be impulsive, eccentric, self-centered. It will be based on emotion, right? It will be biased we will probably result in some level of agitation or hyper excitement. 
if we react with our mind and our intellect, so with the supervision of our intellect, then our response will be more objective, stable, and rational. So think about the people and places and things that you encounter on a daily basis. It might even help to use your five senses, right? Because we receive stimuli using all five of our senses. So what are we hearing every day? Whether that be social media, uh, podcasts like this, maybe it's the news, uh, for example, or maybe it's relaxing music to calm us down. What are we seeing every day? What are we experiencing on a regular basis? Basically, what are we ingesting in our world? And then after you take a look at everything that we receive, then ask how we react and if we're using our mind or our intellect. So for example, I have the tendency to want to get more and more information about this um, health situation that's going on, but I recognize that if I get too sucked in and I start reacting with my mind, then the fear-mongering starts, the panic arises, and I start you know, thinking about how deadly things can be and I get really down and, and stressed. If I react with my mind and my intellect, then I can stay out of that rabbit hole. I don't even have to involve. I can recognize the seriousness of the situation, but I don't get myself stressed out. Um, funny story the other day, I was at a grocery store and I, I walked in and, you know, started grocery shopping like my normal day. And then it dawned on me, like, this is not a normal grocery shopping trip. This is, you know, you need to go to the cleaning aisle first and you need to see what's available. And so I find myself in the paper towel aisle with two women who are trying to tell me that I need to buy the cheap brand Kleenex because it can substitute as toilet paper when we all run out because, you know, it's the apocalypse. And and one woman told me she bought a stun gun. It got like really rabbit hole really quick. Right. And I recognized right away that as she's talking to me, I'm like, part of me wanted to get sucked right into it. Right. And I'm putting these boxes of Kleenex into my bin. And then I walked away and like made a U-turn and went right back and put all of those right back on the shelf because I recognized that she just allowed me to, well, I actually allowed myself to react with the mind and not with the supervision of the intellect. So start taking a look at the way that we're handling situations. When we're at work and when we're at home, uh, we might be tending to slip into these habits of the mind where we are impulsive and, again, very, very uh, agitating when we react with the mind. So just start observing. And we don't have to judge whether or not we're you know, doing a good job responding or not, but it, it all, again, starts with awareness. And so the more we become aware, hey, I'm using my mind right now, like knock it off, right? I don't have to take it so seriously. When I recognize that I'm using my intellect, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be so, so stressed. I'll recognize that I'm usually responding a lot more objectively and it's a process and it's a slow one. So keep that in mind too. Another technique that I use a lot that I've really been leaning into lately is making a proper assessment. Taking stock of who we are around and what are their natural tendencies? What what are they like? Who are they? Who are they in happy times versus stressful times? Things will probably be more intensified during stressful times. So for example, if our leaders are typically stressed out easily, probably during this situation, they're going to be even more so. So don't expect them to lead in a calm manner. 
vice versa, if our leaders that we're around are typically very, very encouraging and calm, they typically will respond under stressful situations in the same way, right? Because it's their natural tendencies. So whatever's going on with our colleagues, let's not take it personally because they're just being who they are. You're being who you are and they're being who they are. Lastly, guys, the last bit of practice that I've been leaning into is being a witness. Recognizing that I'm experiencing life as we all are and that's what we are blessed as humans to do. It's a stream of experiences. So just watch it. Just observe it. Don't get entangled and enmeshed in it. Don't get emotionally run by it. Don't let our mind hold our intellect in a closet hostage. And try not to focus on all of the the stress and anxiety and, and scary things that are happening right now. Think about all of the beauty that we're seeing in the world. I'm seeing people who are helping the elderly, stocking up on necessities. I'm seeing companies offering free streaming services and releasing movies directly to you know these these streaming platforms. I'm watching all my favorite fitness experts posting free classes. I'm watching entertainers jumping on Facebook Live and singing a couple songs with their family or stream an entire concert. So just remember that your perspective matters. Your thoughts matter. Your actions matter. And let's spread love and positivity and the beauty of being a human as opposed to the virus of fear and anxiety. Let's keep working on that together. Namaste.